0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Margolina, and joining me once again is Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD, Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Joe. It's Sunday, start of a new week, and we're heading into the last two weeks of the regular season, so ramping uh, d- up.
0: Dare I even say that like we're going to have a, a, a Monday this week uh, without rain, or am I, did I just jinx it?
1: No, I think I think we're pretty I think we're pretty safe, and it's going to be like
0: eighty again. So, let's go. <laughs> yeah, how about that? I, I mean, see that I didn't I I knew I didn't pack my shorts away for a reason.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, don't forget uh, you can send any questions or feedback uh, on the show to by shooting us shooting us an email at nhhighschoolsports at gmail dot com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at at nhhs sports. The field hockey show will be posted every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com and uh of course you can also listen to it on uh, wherever you get your podcast Spotify, Odyssey, uh just go in and search for Ninth State Sports Show. You should uh it should pop right up. All right. Uh it's hard to believe that um what we're down to the next to last week of the the regular season, right? We we got two full weeks left. Uh and and I I know we talked about it at the beginning of the year, but man, it it goes by faster every single year. I feel like like I cannot believe that we're already at this point.
1: Yeah, it's it. I it still feels like the first day of tryouts some days in my heart. <laughs> like right, like I go to the field. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's see who's bringing what today. Um, and yeah, here, you know, here we are staring down the staring down the barrel of another postseason approaching quickly
0: you know and and i think some of it has to do with like you look around all three divisions and there are still some teams that like are just only halfway through their schedule i feel like maybe i mean not halfway but like you know they still have five or six games left to play in the next you know you know 10 days or 14 days somewhere, you know, whatever it is between now and yeah. I mean, I think
1: especially in D3, there, there are some schools that are still just sitting at 10 games and then others with others with 12, like it's, it's a, it's wild. And I think the, that week in the beginning of September with the weird heat followed by the week of all the rain definitely played into a ton of reschedules um and yeah just all sorts of all sorts of issues reschedules getting rescheduled
0: and i mean we're we're at the point though if that like any of those things happen again i mean teams are just gonna have to deal with it right you like i like you know if it if it starts we have a couple more rainstorms i mean we don't have any room to reschedule things at this point do we
1: yeah, and I mean, I think it's going to get interesting, and I know we'll we'll get into it later on. But the the strain that it's putting on officials' availability in fields, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tight if we don't hit some weather. So I'm I'm looking forward to a gorgeous week where all the <laughs> games can be played without hiccups.
0: Fingers crossed. Yes. All right. Well, uh, before we yeah before we get into uh, a, a fun story, I've got about that. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look back at last week's, uh, coaches poll. Um, like, I, you know, have said the last couple of weeks, it's, uh, weird, weird to talk about for us at this point, because we're recording this on Sunday. You'll be listening to it Monday morning, and then a new coaches poll will be coming out Monday afternoon. But, uh, this past week we saw some, uh, uh, you know, some change in the poll, and I think we're poised to see even more change this coming week, um. You know, I, I just my gut feeling after some of the results that we've seen, and the way the standings have kind of uh, taken a turn there in in all three divisions really. Uh, but uh, this past week, you once again had Wyndham and Dover at one and two. Uh, interesting week for both of them uh, on back to back days with them both getting ties. Uh, was was and and you know I just happened to witness both of them, so that was a an interesting uh, turn of events. And then you had John Stark. Moving up to from three to four, uh, three was I believe the the highest spot that they reached a year ago. Uh, they made it there after uh, the championship game last year, so uh, matching their highest point of a year ago, and that of course uh, means Exeter got bumped down to number three. Bishop Girton made a jump from ninth to fifth last week. Um, you know, go, getting into the top five for the first time, and 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 I'm to be honest, I think they might even go higher this week.
1: Yeah, BG's really come on, really come on strong and and has started to put them started to put themselves on the map a little more firmly. I mean, not only are they scoring a ton of goals, you know, only a couple of their games in the last six, so the last three weeks, Tinkerton and Keene have been one goal games. Londonderry was one goal game as well. But I mean, they're putting up four, five, six goals a game, um, and then not giving up very many on the back end. So BG is definitely a team to watch out for.
0: Uh, And then you've got uh, this is this is interesting to me uh, because we had this happen in the spring with boys lacrosse as well. Uh, You know, Bedford was the resident number six team in that poll. I I think they were number six the entire season, uh, which was really strange because it's not like they had the same point total or vote number of votes every week. They just kept ending up six in for field hockey this year. That has been Pinkerton. Pinkerton, no matter what they've done this year, has been number six in the poll every single week, Uh, which is really, uh, like, I don't know how exactly that happens, but it has been. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's another team that only three losses. I mean, I think I I said to you before we started, it's going to be the last two weeks of the season for all divisions is going to be really, really important. And I think the coaches poll will kind of, reflect the same thing right like it's tough to honor all of the teams that are playing well and putting up goals and have records you know have great records because i mean in all three divisions the top five teams are playing exceptional field hockey and making it really difficult um so i think you know especially in these last two weeks it's going to be tough but pinkerton's been pretty steady like kind of steady eddie all season long um you know they can put together a couple wins before they hit you know maybe a little snag but rebound really quickly each time they've each time they've had a loss their next game you know shows a lot of resilience they're able to to put some put some points up and um i think they're going to i think they're going to be i think they're in a good spot to finish the rest of the sure, season absolutely yeah
0: yeah and then uh you know when it drops down to 7 uh from 5th uh just a point behind pinkerton can it uh, stayed at number eight last week. Uh, Oyster River uh, dropped a couple spots to number seven, and then your crew, uh, Sauhegan, uh gets back into the poll at number ten after after taking a week off there, uh, changed, yeah. trading places with uh, with Concord, who was ten the week before. But then again, you know, with with Concord coming off a uh, pretty big overtime win against Winnicott, uh on Friday, I believe uh, you know, they could bump back up into the poll this week. Uh, and, you know, and then you look at another team, a team like Bedford that, um, you know, played to a tie with Dover and, uh, and, you know, we'll talk about that game a little bit more, but, but, you know, mm-hmm. that could get them, you know, they were a team I kind of had fallen off my radar a little bit. Um, they've put a nice run together. So there's, um, you know, there's a, a couple of teams that, um, you know, like, I think that you were just, you know, kind of like what you were just saying, like, they're very good teams and they're worthy of being in this, in this poll, but it's a, it's a crowded field. I feel like right now. And then when, when you don't have like the, the crossover that you have in, in, you know, some other sports where some of the teams are are playing each other uh, over different divisions, you know, sometimes that helps us kind of figure out like, okay, well this team beat that team. And you know, if, uh, and then that team lost to this team. So it kind of, you know, you, you can play with that a little bit and we don't have that here, unfortunately.
1: Right and I mean even still, like if you look at the way some of these games have shook out in all the divisions, like I don't even know. I mean, it really has been in any given Tuesday, Wednesday, (laughs) Friday. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for for a lot of these teams, like it's it's wild. It's fun. It's really fun. There's a lot of great hockey being played, and I'm excited to see what the poll looks like this week.
0: Me as well, Uh, and and those will uh, haven't gotten them all yet, but. You know, obviously tomorrow afternoon or Monday afternoon, those will be that'll be out, and uh, keep so keep an eye out for the that and whatever changes there are. Uh, so, okay, I, I we alluded to this a moment ago. I wanted to take a moment to talk about uh, an a, an experience I had on uh, last actually last Monday, um, and I I want to start this out by saying, however this comes off, I, I'm I'm in no way trying to put any blame on anyone here i'm not this this is kind of one of those weird situations where i don't think it's anybody's fault uh how this played out um more just kind of a result of circumstance and that circumstance being like you said uh kelly there's not enough officials um which you know is is a huge problem right like i think you you said before we started um that there are some cases where you know, makeup games are, are having to find different days because there just aren't enough people to ref them.
1: Yeah, and I mean even some regular seasons game. We had a we had a regular season game where our 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 umpire was coming was coming from Maine. Oh, they geez. were they were in Maine and had to haul down to Sauhegan to umpire this game for us. So I mean to echo what you said, this is in no way, shape or form is any sort of indictment or or critique of the officials that you know they are doing in my, from what I've seen they're doing absolutely everything possible to make sure that our teams can can play they're going back to back they're traveling crazy distances they're leaving you know one varsity game here and credit to schools you know ADs are trying to stagger some things so you know you can if there's a 4 30 game in Nashua and I can play a six o'clock game to get an official from one like we're doing what we can to help but it's still not enough,
0: right? Which, uh, yeah, leads me into this. Um, you know, this game last Monday between Timberlane and Nashua South. For starters, this was the third like makeup date for this, or the the third scheduled date, I should say. They were supposed to play uh, over Labor Day weekend. That didn't happen. The game got moved back to uh, September 11th, um, but there was a conflict at Stelos, so the game was moved to the the field on the inside of Nashua South track which is a grass field with no lights uh, supposed to be a, I think a 5 or a 515 start well that day I don't know if you remember it poured uh, uh-huh. there was there was actually really bad flooding in Nashua uh, that day game got postponed again they played rescheduled to this past Monday uh, the dates escaping me that would have been what the 25th I believe
1: All right that's uh, yep yeah.
0: So they're scheduled to play Monday the 25th at 5.15 again on this field uh, at Nashua South with no lights. Uh, I got there like right around, like right before 5.15, maybe five minutes early. Uh, And I was there before both of the officials were. Uh, You know, I noticed as I'm walking over to the scorer's table, both teams are still warming up. I don't, there's no one around. And a few minutes after I got there, one of the officials showed up. And, uh, you know, we, we started chatting over by the scores table, and he mentioned that he was actually coming from a middle school game at Timberlane to get to South for fi- yeah. 5.15, uh, which is just it, – it's crazy to hear that he's going from – I mean, that that's probably – like, there's never a great time to drive from Nashua to Plastow or back. Oh, sure,
1: no.
0: <laughs> but 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday afternoon is certainly yeah. the worst. That's yeah, a
1: 40-minute drive on a good
0: day. On uh, a good day, yes. So he's there. We're waiting on the other official, who was also at an— I don't know exactly where she was, but she was at another game as well. Uh, didn't get there until 545. So we're starting half an hour late. Uh, you know, game's going on, and it's scoreless at halftime, scoreless into the third quarter. uh in the second half is just kind of dominating Possession. I thought they had a lot of opportunities to score. I they had somewhere in the teens in terms of penalty corners and just I couldn't get one through. And as this is going on, it's getting darker and darker. Um, I think I texted you uh, at the start of the fourth quarter and said, like, do you have to play overtime? Like, I'm thinking yeah. if it's if it's still scoreless, can they just call it a tie then and say we're you know it's too dark, we're gonna just call it because it was mm-hmm. it was it was getting. Uh, you know, I don't think it was ever necessarily dangerous, but just, it was tough to see, you know, from, from a distance. Uh, well, of course, wouldn't you know, we get a situation where South, you know, breaks out the other way, they end up getting a penalty corner during the corner. Um, you know, I guess, I guess someone from Timberland played the ball with the wrong side of the stick. Um, but at this point, it's like, it's so dark out, like you know not to, to say anyone's not 100 percent sure of a call but it, it would have been a whole lot easier if it had still been light out or if there were lights on the field or or yeah. anything like that south gets a penalty stroke they score on the stroke they end up going on to win one nothing uh and i'm not kidding when i'm trying to talk to the coaches afterwards i i part of the reason i couldn't find south coach uh kiki mcintyre was because i i just couldn't tell who was who like it's pitch blackout almost at this point we're using our flashlights on our phones to to get around um it was just a a rough situation and you know going into that game I looked at those two teams and I thought one of these teams whoever wins this game is going to have the inside track on getting that last playoff spot in division one so here we are now uh the fact that you know had the refs been able to get there for 515 we would have ended you know about when we w- we had halftime which is around 630 and then there was still plenty of light um so i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm saying is is maybe in this case you know this lack of officials could have cost timberlane a win here um you know if they'd have been able to you know go into overtime and play and get you know or even even a tie um i don't know is that too far of a, a stretch for me to say that
1: no, I mean it's 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 definitely a tough situation, right? Like, but you know, as it is with any game, always looking back, what a coulda shudder, right? If they had all these penalty corners right. and couldn't finish on those, Absolutely. like it's not like they didn't have the opportunities, like it stinks that the cards fell the way they did. Um, but I mean, I so I did look up the rule um, when you when you texted me. Um, so a minimum of a half a game. Right. So two quarters is considered a full game. And at any point, um, the officials have not supreme authority. I can't remember the exact wording, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's something like that. uh, If at any point there's a a situation arises that's not covered by the rules, the officials can use their discretion to deem, you know, whether things go. So to me, that says if the officials had thought that the conditions were unsafe, I am sure they would have called it
0: they could have called the game and yeah yeah yes they could have
1: called the game at the end of regulation the tie um and then gone and then gone from there um so it's it's a tough it's a tough situation but it certainly it certainly illustrates this issue right like if the game had started at 515 we're good to go right um and again no fault of the officials but this is the situation we're in so um so yeah i mean definitely Definitely a tough draw for Timberlane. It would have been tough had it gone the other way for South. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's brutal.
0: Yeah, so that's, um, you know, so if, if you're, I guess, I guess what the, the the way to conclude that story is, is if you're on the fence about, you know, becoming an official uh, for field hockey or for any sport, you know, if you, you like a different sport or you're into a different sport as well or know one a little bit better, please, go for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, jump just, the fence. Yeah, jump the fence. Yes,
0: absolutely. Um it, it's uh it, I mean we we're already seeing problems with lack of officials and I have a feeling it's it, at this rate it's probably going to get worse over the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, and I mean I don't know, yeah. I don't know all of the all of the ins and outs of becoming one, but I do know So hosting a, a lacrosse officials uh clinic to get you know patch to become a lacrosse official in the spring so if anybody is listening that knows how to make that happen for field hockey or maybe <laughs> i'll shoot an email to the assigner i am happy to happy to serve up our facilities to be able to make that happen for for field hockey as All well right.
0: there we go we got that we're we're getting there we're the the path is already started we just need yeah. <laughs> the people
1: now just the people <laughs> uh,
0: well uh i want to i want to go back to um you know, I mentioned uh Wyndham and, and Dover, um, you know, the top two teams in the in the coaches poll the last couple weeks, uh two un- uh remaining undefeated teams in division one both uh ended or, or had a tie uh this week, not against each other. Uh they don't play until the last day of the regular season. But so on, convenient. <laughs> on uh, on Wednesday of this past week, uh Wyndham tied with winnicon uh one one in a game that was um, you know, entertaining. Um, but not you know, not a lot of chances. Uh, for either team, um, at least until overtime. They they got into overtime, and, and obviously things opened up a lot more. Um, you know, but Wyndham gets its goal. Uh, in the third quarter, on a uh, a penalty stroke uh, from uh, Sofia Ponsini. Um, you know, they they go up one nothing. They they held that lead for at least a quarter. Just the way that they had been playing, it looked like that was going to hold up. Um, and then it was almost like just a, I don't say a fluky play, but it was a, a quick change uh, when it kind of gets the ball into the circle. Uh, Hayden Adams sends it in from from out across the front of the goal, and uh, Emerson Parrish is there to tap it in, uh, tie the game with, I want to say, like five minutes left. And, and send it into overtime. And, uh, you know, just a kind of a result that, that I think at the time Winnicott needed. You know, we talked about them last week. They were on a, what, a three-game losing streak at one point, mm-hmm. um, probably one of the, uh, something that, that they haven't experienced I, I, probably in years. Um, you know, so that tie against Winnicott, you know, was a stretch of, of three games where they kind of bounced back from that. Uh, but just a, a really well-played game by by both sides. And then the next night, uh, Dover' is playing at Bedford, uh, got out to a two nothing lead in the first quarter on, on two goals by Audrey Carter, the second of which came on a corner with no time left in the in the first. Eh. And uh, you know you wonder how much momentum does that that's does, or how much does that swing momentum Dover's way? And instead, Bedford comes out to start this, the second quarter and goes right down the field and gets a goal from uh, Maddie Kylie to make it a 2-1 game. And then, almost on another, you know, kind of bang bang play, um, they get a, a goal in the third quarter to tie it at two from uh, from Lydia Denen. Um, just uh, one of those things. It's again a goal that you're just like, wait, did that? How how did that just happen? It just it happened so fast. Um, you almost don't realize it. And then it's you know it's a two two game. Uh, they also go into overtime. Dover actually had a corner. Uh, with no time left at the end of regulation to win it, couldn't uh, score. And then Bedford did the same at the end of overtime, had a corner with no time left, uh, couldn't score on it. So they finished 2-2. Uh, and, you know, the other player I want uh, to mention from that game too, uh, Bedford goalie uh, Addison Wolfinger, she, um, she really came up huge in the second quarter of that game after Bedford made it 2-1. Dover re- put on a real push to add to the lead, and she just there was a flurry of shots that she was just stopping everything um so you know great stretch by her and 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 again another great game and again uh, like I said Bedford a team that you know a a week ago I kind of had forgotten about play themselves back into this I think they're what seven three and two at this point and um you know right back in the mix for one of those top seeds
1: Yeah, I mean, Bedford and Winnicott kind of of are are similarly placed in the standings and have had um, really different seasons, though, in getting there, which is is interesting. I know uh, you and I had talked about it on a sideline, I don't know, capacity recently, but I don't know that I've seen this many ties spread through all the divisions in a while, like – we always, you know, we laugh because we forget about the ties when we're figuring out seeding <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that or how things are going to go. But, um, but yeah, I feel like there's just been a lot more than, a lot more than normal. Um, a lot of overtime games. Everybody's playing lots of minutes. And I think with that comes the, the heightened emotion and everything. And, you know, we talked last week about it being a game of chances and, you know, a bounce here or there sounds like that might be what happened in the Winniconnant game and full credit to them for capitalizing when the bounce was there. Um, And, you know, both teams just not, just not quitting.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and then like we were talking about a little bit earlier, Bedford and, and, and Concord too, um, you know, playing themselves back into, you know, the, the top, uh, I guess, six of the division and really pushing a couple of teams, you know, like Exeter, Winniconnant that have been up there. I mean, if, as of right now, both of those teams, Exeter and Winneconnet, that played for the championship last year, would be not only playing um, in the first round of the playoffs, but I think uh, they actually—I take that back—they would both be at home at this point, but but close to you know potentially having to go on the road for a preliminary round game to start the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and looking at what both the teams we were just Bedford and Winneconnet were have left in the season. Neither of them have an easy road. Bedford's got to follow up that Dover game at Wyndham. And then BG is still um, on their schedule to play when has BG um, and Keane which I don't know. I think that could be I think that could be an interesting game.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, and you you mentioned that 2-1 game that Keane had against BG. That was an interesting one too, because that was a uh, a restart of a, another game that was played on se- started on September 11th that got stopped because of the rain, and BG was actually up two one in that game in the second quarter, so they came back and replayed the rest of it, and Keen was the only one that scored and made it two one. So I mean, it just that's kind of a yeah, we a weird result there, um, you know. And they're another one of those teams that um, you know they've still got what a good six games remaining on their schedule yeah at least it might even be now now I'm looking at it that it looks like unbalanced next to Exeter's there online so they might even have another game on there left to go um yeah so it's I it, it still feels like you know and, and I, I talked to a couple other coaches about that I think we talked about it last week is just that the gap between the teams at the top and the teams in the middle and then the teams in the bottom is not as wide and and that's I feel like that's maybe the consensus around the division is that, you know, that the coaches are seeing that too, you know, is it maybe they used to go into a, a game against this opponent or that opponent and, you know, maybe they'd only, they'd win two nothing or three nothing, but you know, they'd be able to control it most of the way. Now, if they're winning, you know, one nothing two nothing, they've got to, you know, really work for everything that they're getting.
1: Oh yeah. There's, I, I think the parody, the parody in the sport is awesome right like it makes every game exciting um so yeah like i i totally agree totally
0: agree it's awesome yeah um now i, I think you know when you talk about the ties i think where are uh, we're we're really seeing a lot of those more is is in division 2 i mean there's there's a bunch in division 1 and a bunch in division 3 actually i take that back there's only there's only been one tie in division 3 now that i look at it but um, oh yeah, Division Two. I think everybody has it. It Feels like everybody has a tie. Just about, <laughs> and a lot of teams have mul- you know multiple ties. But I mean, I guess <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna love this. But it goes back to what you said at the beginning of the year, right? The uh, getting uh, all three outcomes. Um, you really right? you really learn <laughs> about your team. Maybe maybe
1: people took maybe people took my advice. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I took it a little too much to heart there.
1: Yeah, including my own team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, you look at your, your, uh, squad, Hanover, Merrimack Valley, Derryfield, Plymouth, all with two ties on the season. Uh, you know, Goff Sound and Portsmouth are sitting at seven, both at seven, three and one, uh, as we enter this week. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's going to be a fun tiebreaker to figure out. I know I, they do play each other. Um, I don't remember if it's this coming week or the last week of the season, but thankfully that'll get uh, figured out that way. But, um, yeah, that's always always a fun one to, to try to sift through is is those tiebreakers with ties included in them.
1: Right? Yeah, Gofftown goes to Plymouth on Thursday this week. Or, sorry, not Plymouth, Portsmouth. Yeah. Exactly. So many P names. Portsmouth.
0: <laughs> uh, but, I mean, they're, they're a team, I think, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I was looking at them. I think a couple weeks ago we were looking at them and we were looking at Hollis Brookline and, and yeah. saying that – you know, there are two teams that started out with with a tougher stretch. Um, you know, Hollis was 0 and two to start the year. Uh, Goffstown, um, you know, they were three three and one uh, a couple weeks ago, but with a, a stretch of of one nothing <laughs> losses that were you know pretty tough. Um, you know, we thought both of them going into October would have an opportunity to kind of turn things around or at least add some wins to. Uh, their record and, and Goffstown is now uh you know looking at four wins in a row and then Hollis Brookline um, you know hasn't lost since that 02 start. Uh, they've won eight in a row haven't allowed a goal in their last seven games.
1: yeah Hollis is like just very quietly taking care of business and you know that's not it's not always an an easy thing to do but um, you know credit to them and what coach has done um, for that program and the girls and how much work they're putting in the off season. But yeah, I mean, they're on, they're on quite a tear. Um, the Oyster river Hollis game that's happening on thir- or yeah, happening on Thursday this week is one I've got circled for sure. I think that's going to be a fantastic game. Um, and that'll also help sort things out standings wise, you know, heading into heading into the last week.
0: Yeah. Both teams finish, uh, with, with, um, you know, both those teams uh, sitting at eight and two right now, and uh, have tougher schedules to finish. Hollis also has Dairyfield this week, and then they wrap up with uh, with Bow, who's been a, a pretty tough team um, all year, and then Oyster River. Um, you know, they've got a, a game to make up with Pelham uh, at some point uh, that was supposed to be on Saturday, uh, and then yeah, they've got Portsmouth, Hollis, Brookline, and then at Goffstown to finish out the year. Um, so that's uh, that's going to be a fun stretch oyster river
1: yeah i don't think i i don't think three of those games are going to be you know ones you should take lightly and and sanborn that's getting near the end of their season and you know i hope they're due i hope they're due for something i hope they're not due for something on october 10th but any other day (laughs) (laughs) they can go get it Uh, so yeah i mean they've yeah, Hollis definitely does not have a have an easy run on the way out, but that's so great heading into playoffs. You don't want. I mean, I've never want like you want to be at the top of your game heading into heading into playoffs for sure. Sure,
0: yeah. Um, so does that you you like then? Of course, you've got uh, a big one coming up on Tuesday. Hegan at John Stark. Um, obviously, uh, uh the championship game rematch from last year um is that that's a good game to have at this point in the year
1: oh I think so I think that that's a it's a perfect time for us to have this game we can kind of see the the stuff we have to fine-tune um you know hopefully we can send a little bit of a little bit of a warning shot maybe a <laughs> message um that you know we're we're still very much in this and still very much looking forward to a rematch you
0: know and kind of, uh, you know, last year when you guys, I mean, this is about the same time I think you played a year ago, right?
1: It is, yeah, because this yeah. would be the second year in the cycle. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, last year, obviously, that game, you know, was you guys were both, uh, what, top of the stand, undefeated, I think, top of the standings, yep. um, you know, had a very different feel to it. Does it, or, or at least a different scenario, I don't know, does it feel any different? for your, your kids going, or did you guys have enough, you know, turnover? Do you think to, that, that maybe this, uh, you know, this is maybe a, a new experience for some of the kids?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the tough, I think it's one of the toughest things, right? And like you and I have talked a little bit about the the pressure that's on some of these kids sometimes, whether it's, you know, self given or from outside sources, but the thing I always say to my team is that this, like this team this year doesn't have, they have no history. They have no history with Stark or anybody else on our schedule, because it's not the same team. People are in different spots. Even, even people that played on the team last year aren't, aren't playing the same position necessarily. We're not running the same, you know or systems or corners or anything like that. So um, you know, very careful to not draw that comparison because I don't I don't want them to feel like they have to go out and avenge or do something that you know last mm-hmm. year did it like that's not that's not what this is. This is a totally new team, a totally new scenario. Is the feeling different? Yeah, for sure. I think you know we've got a younger team this year, definitely. Um, but one that is just as hungry and just as fierce. so um different feeling, but still excited and intense. And I think it's gonna be a great game
0: the The expectations are 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 different going into this game, I would assume. Like that's the big difference. Yeah. Like you know, I think you know a year ago we were we were talking about who's gonna get the number one seed and who's gonna, you know, are both of you gonna get the the first round buy that you know the top two seeds get? And, and I think, you know, obviously I think, you know, you still have a shot at that, um, uh-huh. you know, but I mean, that's not the, that's not the main goal, uh, I would assume, no. you know.
1: No, I mean, and in all honesty, it's never, it's never the main goal, right? Like the main goal is to get to postseason because then the slate wipes clean and the seed you get, I mean, the seed is important, don't get me wrong, but um, everything, everything becomes new once you hit the third week in october
0: yeah this is certainly the uh the fun time of the i mean just just i you know i was going to compile a list i i know we've done this in weeks past where we've highlighted like some of the big games that we're looking forward to this week and, and i felt the same way about division one and i'm sure when we look at division three it'll be the same it's like i don't know how i could pick just a couple of games from this week i mean there's there's a lot yeah, there's... going on um that um you know, it, it it's gonna be a whirlwind, like, we, and we had a little bit of that at least in D two last year. I don't know if you remember. You know, mm-hmm. there were a couple of games coming down the stretch where it was like, who's gonna end up here, and this team could end up here yeah. or over there, and it was just crazy. Um, so I, I feel like we're we're getting ready for another uh, another finish like that, and especially with like we said before, some teams having a lot of games left to go. Uh, you know that that things could change almost daily.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Oyster River Portsmouth is going to be another big one. Um, Kingswood Pembroke, I think, is gonna have some play some, you know, big playoff implications. Right,
0: which which is, you know, sounds kind of crazy because we're talking about two teams that are, are, you know, just fighting to get into the playoffs, but with tiebreakers, you know, one of them being what your your rating is against teams that are in the tournament. Right. Well, one of those teams is gonna be in and one of those teams isn't. So that changes a lot.
1: Yeah. And I believe when you're when you're in a tie, you still factor in the teams that are in right. contention for that yeah. last spot yes. as well. So yes, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, that one's gonna that one's gonna be that one's gonna be huge. And <laughs> there are yeah, you know, plenty of other Merrimack Valley has a couple of big ones. Kenneth and Hanover probably being the two that I have you know circled for them. feel like kingswood still has a ton of games left to play um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a an absolutely wild race
0: yeah um you know uh division three i i thought you know uh seeing again we've been talking about different results and who's been um you know doing uh moving up to the top of the standings and kind of surprising us and um I guess we should, you know, in hindsight, maybe uh, should be no surprise. I guess that that you know when we look at the standings today, the team that's on top is uh, is once again Guilford at the top of the standings. Uh, I know we talked a lot about that that opening day loss that they had to Bishop Brady, um, and just what they've done since then has been uh, fairly remarkable. Um, they lost to Brady one nothing. Two games later, they beat Newport three to one. And those are the only two goals that Guilford has allowed yeah. all season. So yep. we're talking what? Um, am I ca- if I'm counting right, eight games in a row that they have not allowed a goal, uh, nine shutouts overall. Um, you know, and then last week, um, you know, some of these games have been against, uh, you know, the the some of the the weaker teams in the division. Um, uh, but they've also played, you know, some of the top teams. They had Brady twice. Uh, Newport they handed them, uh, their only loss and then last week they also they they played newfound at home uh you know who was also up, you know was i think at that point they were tied or uh, or were the were both had one loss in in the standings you know and, and got an opportunity to watch that game uh, it was live streamed um so so was able to go back and watch it and it was a really back and forth i thought even game until you know late in the third quarter um you know, Matty Guest and, and Liv Keenan score back-to-back goals like 30 seconds apart. It was like, all of a sudden, boom, Guilford scores. Come back down to midfield, boom, Guilford scores again. All of a sudden, it's 2 nothing, and the game's completely changed. And they end on ta- end up tacking on another goal late in the fourth quarter, uh, win that game 3 Uh, But it was just, the the way it happened, it was like out of nowhere all of a sudden. You know, I shouldn't say out of nowhere, but you know, it, it seemed like it was a pretty tight back and forth game. And then it just, all of a sudden it was, it was a two, nothing game.
1: Yeah. Capitalize on your chances and it makes a world of difference. And I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing more deflating than giving up to that quickly. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I would imagine Guilford finishes out the season uh, on this trend as well with what they have left. So I think, you know, that win went a long way in solidifying them as, as a top of the division again.
0: Yeah, they, they've got uh, Hockington coming up on Wednesday. You know, a, an improved team, but um, still not sure that they're quite, uh, you know, at that level yet. Um, last home game of the season at White Mountain, or with White Mountains on Friday, and then they go to Masenic, uh Guilford does, uh, to finish off the regular season. Um, you know, so again, you know, we talked about other teams still having a ton of games left to go. They've got three left on their schedule um and you know it's uh i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they extend that win streak um you know to um 13 going into the playoffs
1: yeah and then on the other side of the ball you know newfound newfound does not have the easiest the easiest run to start they've got to follow-up their game with guilford at brady Or wait, no, that was that. Did that one get rained out?
0: It must have been. um, Yeah. If it was at Brady, I would think so on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It must
1: have on Friday. So, I mean, they've got to put that one somewhere else in the schedule too. Um, So, you know, that's another, that's another tough one probably for newfound. Um, And, you know, we might be talking about, um, we might be talking about teams. I'm sure Brady's still looking to climb up, you know, a couple more spots in the standings. Um, So, you know, I think that'll be a big one for them.
0: Yeah, with, you know, they, they still have each other left on the schedule. Uh, Brady still has a, a game with uh, Berlin uh, coming up here before the season is done. Um, you know, looking over uh, Newport's schedule real quick, they have uh, two two games coming up with Kearsarge, who's been, uh, you know, they started off pretty hot, been, been struggling a little bit of late, but certainly, you know, a, an improved team this year, so that could be, you know, Go a long way towards deciding who's got one of these top. I think it's what top five um, in D three get a first round buy. Uh, you know, so it's still trying to determine who gets one of those uh, spots. And then um, you know the other team in that makes right, right away is uh, is Stevens, and they've got yes. a couple big ones coming up. Um, you know, home to Muscoma Valley, home to Messenic, home against Newport, and then at Conan to finish out the year.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, Stevens put together a nice little win, a nice little run of games here. You know, four wins in a row, only giving up one goal, and then that 1-1 tie last week at Messenic. So I'm sure they're hungry for another crack at them um, on Friday this week.
0: Yeah, so, of course, uh, just another I, – I, in a year where it feels like anything could happen, I feel like anything's, I guess, going uh, <laughs> to happen. Yeah, anything's All three of these divisions. Um, so I guess, you know, well, I guess this is a good way to say, uh, keep your eye on, on nhhighschoolsports.com and, and keep up with the, uh, the playoff preview, which I will, uh, hopefully have, or not preview, but the playoff picture, which I will hopefully have a little bit more time this week, uh, to update on a regular basis. Uh, did not, you're going to
1: need, you're going to need time. Cause I think going through all the math, particularly in D2 is going to be interesting. <laughs> and I'm, I'm forever grateful that I have nhhighschoolsports.com to go to so that I don't have to do that
0: math well what what's helpful (laughs) what's helpful is that once you do it once you do it one time you know 75 percent of the work is done it's just updating it day to day and making sure that you know nothing major has changed of course I've certainly messed that up before where you know this team beating that team over to the right there changed the standing of these two other teams on the left like yeah, there, well, there is a lot uh, that can go on, but uh, that doesn't happen too often.
1: Uh, no, and I'm sure the good news is there are plenty of people out there watching who are more than happy to tell you when <laughs> things need changing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, I'm an expert in NHIa tiebreakers, so
1: that is true. Uh,
0: it, 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 you know, just memorizing that stuff is uh, has come in handy in more ways than I ever would have thought. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that'll about wrap us up for this week. Unless uh, Kelly, unless you've got any uh, final thoughts.
1: No, I got I got plenty to think about leading up, but nothing looking back. I'm not going that way. We're only going forward.
0: All right. Well, yes. Forward into uh, what is going to be a nice week and a exciting week of uh, of field hockey. All right, well, uh, yeah, that'll just about do it for us this week. Uh, she is Kelly Braley, Sohegan AD and field hockey coach. Kelly, thanks again for doing this.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a blast.
0: I'm Joe Marcellina. Enjoy the games this week, and we will talk to you next week.